Heard on Thursdays with Nikki is about to go live online. Catch HOT, the iconic radio show that made Philippine FM Radio Talk every Thursday on The Monster. Streaming video on The Monster Facebook page at RX931. The Monster YouTube channel at RX931. And twitch.tv slash monster RX931. You heard on Thursday's host, Nikki Porter. Stand by and enjoy the program. Hey, what's up, monsters? Good evening. My name is Nikki Porter, your host for Heard on Thursdays, the show that made Philippine FM radio talk and heard only on Manila's hottest Monster RX 93.1. So good evening, you guys, and welcome to the last of our predictions 2022 episodes where we feature forecasts for the year by renowned diviners and oracle readers, etc., etc., now, I'm sure we all have this stereotype in our minds created by media and pop culture of, you know, this diviner as this exotic, esoteric mohuhula in a turban with a crystal ball in front of them with arthritic hands in front of the crystal ball and everything. But, okay, sure, they can be that, but... As our recent guests have proved, they can also be hip and modern. They can be regular folk that look like you and me with a rich personal life that informs how they interpret the signs. Emphasis on interpret as we shouldn't forget that the predictions are primarily interpretations of the diviner and we don't have to take them too seriously. So in the past weeks, we've heard from tarot card reader Marky Mendoza, psychic investigator Jail Manalili, as well as Filipino astrologer Resi Santiago. So for tonight's guest, we have CJ Francisco. He is a tarot card reader, but he is also a visual artist who is renowned for his sigil designs. What is a sigil, you ask? That's a great question. Well, we'll talk we'll talk more about that and we'll get we'll go into more detail later on in the show when we ask CJ. So CJ also finished a Bachelor of Fine Arts major in Information Design at Ateneo de Manila University. And he even lived in Siargao for some time. So, almost like fate, he was a former Radio 1 jock here in the Monster as well. So it's kind of like full circle, buddy. So let's get right into it. Heard on Thursdays, we welcome back to the Monster tarot reader and sigil artist CJ Francisco. Hello, hello. It's nice to be back. Right. Hey, can you still do your, your, uh, what do you call this? Can you still introduce yourself as a Radio 1 job? Do you still remember? I think so. I hope so. (laughs) Now? Dolo, do it. (laughs) So, hey guys, I'm CJ Francisco, Radio 1 student job (laughs) alumnus, and back in our (laughs) ranks. (laughs) <laughs> well, wow, wasn't it? I'm out of practice. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll get we'll 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 talk about it after your training tonight. The job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I'll give you some notes. I need some notes. <laughs> well, anyway, how I like to start the the show, CJ, is just uh, asking guests what they've been up to. You know, after two years of lockdowns of quarantines, what have you been up to? That's outside of your profession, outside of your passion, that is tarot reading and designing sigils. So, like, what new hobbies have you been into? Actually, interestingly enough, 
this whole thing started like really taking off within the two years. Mm-hmm. Before that, before ever like since leaving uh, Radio One, um, as like for Mateo, I went to advertising. I hated it. Uh, I kind of <laughs> you know toxic environment. Um, and then we, I moved to Shergao in 2019. That's actually so. In 2018, I decided to quit the job and try to figure out life for myself, like what uh, my best life means for me. So I I quit that toxic environment. I moved on to trying to pursue my passions, which was at the time it was art. So I started drawing a little bit more. I started doing more designs, and then later on. I actually the deck that I have right now, the Imaginary Tarot, is that I illustrated all 78 artworks, wow. and then um, from there I started. You know what? Let's let's get back into tarot. Let's actually start reading for people. And then I moved to Chicago. Uh, me and my partner we moved there, and then we started building the business side of it. So we started. I started um, doing more readings for people there, and then. Uh, one time, one of my friends was like, "Hey, I think your sigils might actually be a thing that people can tattoo," and then it started taking off. And wow. in the years from, so we were locked down in Shergao the whole 2020. So I was like, "Okay, I guess this is what what's gonna happen. We're gonna <laughs> do tarot, we're gonna do sigils, we're gonna do art murals and stuff." And then it just started like snowballing, and then I'm here now. This is my full-time gig, so I'm living my best bohemian artist lifestyle. I love that. Well, I mean, it's the kind of dream that we all want, you know, just to pursue the things that we want to do, be free, live by the beach, and you've done all of that, and that is so awesome. So, when you were, you know, when you were living your life though as a student jock from Ateneo, taking up BFA Information Design. What was your career path then? What would you? What was you, your expectations like after you graduated? What were you gonna do that? But honestly, I had no path. Um, <laughs> I knew I knew that I was not fit for corporate. I knew I wasn't fit for stuff like that. But I never actually thought about where I needed to be. Mm. But I, I went to advertising just because it made sense. Like I took mm-hmm. up information design, which was essentially graphic design. So I'm like, okay. Yes, I'm going here. But also, um, earlier, I was also super passionate about the other. And I kept trying to um, work with this theater company uh, as a stage design, costume design, maybe. But mm-hmm. things kind of never really worked out, never really aligned for me in that sense. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe not for me. Let's see what thing, what else is happening in life for me. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it was at that point then that you... Well, I, Okay, so you moved to the beach, but then what was like the pivot point? Was it only during the pandemic that lured you into becoming, you know, to go back into tarot reading or back into designing sigils? Or were you already dabbling into it even before the pandemic when you moved to the beach? Oh, actually, so I have always been into magic, into tarot, into the esoteric ever since I was a kid. And it only made sense to me. Um... So I had a breakup in 2018, which caused a lot of questioning in myself, a lot of <laughs> things. And I started figuring out, you know what? I lost a lot of me in that relationship. So let's start building myself back up again. And then that's when I started picking up the pieces, what made sense to me. And the art 
the tarot, they all started falling into place. Mm. And then, uh, so I, I kind of started with one of my, so I attended this leadership program and they were like, hey, make a goal and by the end of this program, let's finish it. And I wanted to challenge myself because at the time, I didn't believe I was an artist. I didn't believe I was, like, I drew, I sure, I painted, but I didn't consider myself as like a, hey, I'm an artist. Mm. Um, so I wanted to prove myself that I can do something and finish it. So that was this, the, the tarot deck of 78 artworks. And then I'm like, okay, let's, let's, <laughs> I did it. And then started learning a bit more. And then, yeah, there, I lost the question. <laughs> <I> lost <laughs> well, the no, question. You, you pretty much answered like, you know, the pivot point that lured you into becoming a, a tarot reader and digital artist was because you were interested in, inter- interested in it since the beginning uh, or yeah. early on in your life. So, when when actually did you start to become interested in tarot reading and did you have for example did you have an experience with a manghuhula na when they read your cards you were like oh, how did you know Parang uh, yeah yeah um okay so what happened was ever since i was kids maybe about 12 13 super interested in it already because in fully booked there used to be like this whole wall filled with tarot decks and mm. I was attracted to the art of all things. I would be looking at them and like, oh, this is such a pretty picture. This is so nice. These are so fascinating to look at because I'm super into uh, fairy tales, magic, fur, uh, mermaids, fairies, you name it. Um, so I, that's how I kind of got interested in it. It was through the art. Mm. And then with the whole, have I had experiences with <laughs> other readers before? <laughs> it was actually one time and I was 13 years old. It was in like this um, bizarre convention thing in Rockwell. And then I sat down with the the reader and it was an interesting experience because when he he was suddenly reading something that he didn't necessarily want to say, I don't know what it was. Because he was was kind of just giggling to himself like, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, this is weird. Why is this person not telling me what's going on? And then he, he goes, I kind of see you in the future living a life of uh, debauchery and like you're just having the time of your life with like just going at it. And I'm like, okay, as a 13 year old, I did not know what that meant. Mm -mm. And later on, you know, like a few years ago, it's like, oh, parties, drinking, playing around. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now I see what he meant. I see, I see why I would filter to a 13-year-old <laughs> if I uh, saw what I was doing now. <laughs> well, that is interesting. Hey, we all have that face. Not all of us. Most of us then, I think we have that face. I'm not speaking for myself. No, I'm not. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to the questions. <laughs> so, did you Did you always feel like Okay, so after that tower card reading, and even with the interest, did you feel though that you had the talent for divination for tarot reading back then? I was also a little. I, as a child, I always really did believe that I was part Encanto. <laughs> like oh. I, yes, I am. I am Filipino. I'm half Filipino, half Encanto. So <laughs> I, I always felt like there, there was this sense of attachment to the magical realm, the esoteric realm. Um, growing up, it was always just me kind of figuring out things, trying to believe that I am capable. 
of you know flying <laughs> because Harry Potter right? because yes. all these things and I'm like okay let's let's let let's let that happen let's let this child enjoy Mm-mm. and then you know suddenly I still feel like a child I still feel like well here I am <laughs> I'm still pretty much the same as I was a, as a child only a little bit you know, older and barrier. Mm. <laughs> Well, hey, we all dream of flying. I actually dream about flying also. Like, that's still a dream of mine. That's why I love anything that involves the sky. But anyway, that's, I mean, so maybe I am Art Encanto. So who knows? <laughs> well, so now you uh, you are interested in tower reading. How did you get into that? Was there formal training? Mm-hmm. And if there was some, was there some, if there was some form of training, what was it like? To be in one. That was actually cool because when so right I was illustrating the deck and then mm-hmm. part of this leadership program I was in. So there's this one guy. His name's Rob. Uh, he goes, "Hey, uh, I have this um, class. It's uh, I have this company. It's called Mysterium Philippines, and we actually teach tarot. We teach all these esoteric magical stuff, <laughs> which is basically Hogwarts." It's Hogwarts, and the most amazing thing was that it was in Katipuna. I had oh no idea God. it existed the whole time that I was in school. <laughs> so I was just like, oh wow, hello. So there, so I, I was taking the classes while I was illustrating the deck. So I did get a deeper understanding of tarot, of these, of the cards, of the symbolisms, because I was illustrating them. Mm-hmm. And then the formal training was actually super helpful because it was a six-week program. We were learning each suit, so there are four suits and uh, majors, which mm-hmm. we were taking one week at a time. But aside wow. from teaching us how to read the cards, they were also teaching us how to conduct it as a business, how to conduct ourselves professionally, how to be, you know, how to not be one of those, you know, how you know the the stereotypical manghuhula. Because, you know, mm. as, as you've experienced, not all of us are too far out there. Yeah. I am sometimes. I need to reel myself in sometimes. <laughs> but, when you get uh, too passionate. <laughs> when I get too passionate, when I get too, when I let my Encanto side lead a little mm. too much. <laughs> but yeah, so that whole experience basically taught me how to uh, read the cards properly. I mean, everyone can read, honestly. It, we are all connected. Uh, we all have intuition. And we are all connected to the source, God, to whatever you call it. But mm-hmm. it's more of that gut feeling. And that's how I read. I read intuitively. There are symbols that will pop up in and out. And that's how we were taught also. Now, with regard to the, the reading of the stuff, I kind of see it more as a storyboard where I thread through the story together. Like, okay, the symbols are popping up. And then I'm looking at it as, okay, so this is scene one, scene two, scene three. That makes sense to me. And then it kind of forms a really cool story that the people relate with. Mm-mm. Was that something kind of like you you uh, picked up from your ad life? <laughs> the storyboard? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It, this whole thing, this whole, um, this whole tarot uh, sigil thing, it yes. is a combination of basically every little thing that I used to do in my life <laughs> so there's, there's the art there's the advertising there's there's a little bit of theatrics in it so yeah. it's like coming together yeah and it's, it's awesome 
because like you're one of the very few people who have actually get to live live out their sort of like Harry Potter dreams, like you know being in that kind of world. So that's really fascinating. I didn't even know. Katipunan is just near for me, so I think I'm gonna look into this as well. I how do yeah. they? How do you sign up for it? You don't get an invite from an owl, right? I'm just you don't get an invite from an owl. It's just an email. No, it's an email. It's an email. All um, right, but I'll take it. Yeah. But they used to have classes like physical classes, which was so mm-hmm. cool, you know, pre-pandemic. But now it's all just yeah. online, so which is actually kind of convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, so okay, so you you took this six week course about tarot reading. You passed yeah. it. Who were the first people you practiced your tarot reading with? And tell us like what happened. <laughs> well, definitely the friends and the family <laughs> were the guinea pigs. But I I mean I used to do it as a kid, but it was really just for me. I would throw my cards in front of me and be like, okay, what is this? What does that mean to me? And then I'll always question myself if I'm actually doing it right. And then I have the guidebook in one hand, card on the other, and I'm like, uh, I think this is what this is. And that didn't work. But then when I started uh, reading for, uh, like after taking the course and I was talking to uh, some of my friends, it was more like, okay, I'm feeling this from this card. Because what was happening before was it was way too logical. I was using memory. I was, Mm. okay, this is... This is the definition, and Mm-mm. this is only meaning. So for me, that really didn't work. But when I started going with how I felt, it made more sense. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that maybe this is for you. This is a message that you need to hear. And because of that connection, that that emotional connection, that felt a little bit stronger and a little, it made a bit more sense. Mm-hmm. I started trusting my instincts more, my intuition a little bit more. Okay. So that's that was the and yeah they, the very first ones were well a little bit rough especially because you know learning it's like riding a bike you're, you'll mm-hmm. fall but eventually things started making more sense and it really did help that almost like actually all the clients that I've had uh, moving forward they were always so wow that felt right that made so much sense to me I feel more empowered and that's how I do my readings it's more of yes things did oh sorry let me backtrack a bit. Uh, mm. I really don't like doing like predictions of like this will happen because free will, you know, we all have free will. Mm. But how I do it is more of like, okay, this is a potential thing that can happen, but how do we get there? What are the things that you need to do now to get to that future that you want? So again, it's really about empowering yourself. It's empowering your situation to get to where you want to be. All right, so you've you finally grown into you know your your passion and skill as a tower reader. It's yeah. not. Are you still second guessing yourself or not anymore? There are times, yes. There are times, <laughs> but then you know I'd be like, okay, you know what? Fine, let's, let's drop that. Let's just trust it. Let's let this happen. <laughs> well, okay, so. Now you're a tower reader. A lot of people are uh, asking you to consult the tarot for them. What are, and I'm already two for two for this for uh, the previous guests that I've had. Okay. What are the top two to three topics or questions that people usually ask you with a tarot? Top one is always, who is my soulmate? <laughs> love. All right. Got it. That's love, love will always be there. 
But to be honest, I don't like answering love questions. Like, I really don't. Really? I can. It's just that <laughs> I find it that there's so many more other things that you can talk about. Because for me, it's always, okay, as, do you love yourself? If the answer is not quiet, I say work on yourself. Because that makes sense. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, in yeah. the words of RuPaul, if you can't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? Yeah, exactly. So, it's always working on yourself. So I always say that, okay, if, if you want to talk about love, sure, let's let's see what you need to work on or mm-hmm. what is it that about this other person that needs, that you kind of need to work out with each other. The second one would always be about business. It's always about their career growth. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love uh, business ideas. I love empowering people to make those, taking those leaps of faith into, mm-hmm. okay, I want to do this, but I'm scared. Like, no, go do it. <laughs> <laughs> what are what are the range of people though like who ask you about business are these people like actual professionals like how old high positions in like businesses and they consult with you uh some yes um yeah. but most actually most of the people who have been coming to me well most of them were the shargao people who uh, the demographic of shargao is basically uh mid 20s or early mm. 20s to like 40s so those are the kinds of people that I generally gravitate more towards. Mm. People who are soul-searching, people who are yeah. trying to find themselves. And that's kind of where I I, I feel I make the most sense. <laughs> and I yes. connect with more. All right. So it is career and love. Wow. Okay. Three for three now. I love it. No, it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so for you, Naman, so you, cons- uh, you consult for other people, but... Are you also allow- allowed to ask the, the tarot your own questions, like for yourself, for your life? And what do you usually ask, if I may ask? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, always, always. I always, especially if, because as a Libra, I am very indecisive for things. I, oh, no. Oh, Lord. Like, it's going to take me forever to make a decision. So sometimes I will ask the cards, like, okay, what do I need to hear? What? I want this decision, this this one. Tell me something about it. And then it will tell me, but it won't tell me straight up. Like, okay, it, it eventually it'll always be like, yeah, it's up to you. Oh, <laughs> and then no. I will I will pry, I will poke and prod the tarot. Like, okay, no, mm-hmm. I, I'm not satisfied with that. I will answer, <laughs> I'll ask again and mm-hmm. again. And then the cards will just keep getting more blatant and be like, stop asking this question. I answered it already. <laughs> <laughs> Like if it's a if it's a card that was like if the question was uh, I'm feeling a little bit bad I kind of don't trust this specific thing what's gonna happen mm. and then yeah the first two answers it'll be it'll kind of toy around the answer but then later on it'll just throw me the card that's like no like talaga no <laughs> stop it <laughs> so it tells you when to stop that in. It tells me when to stop. My cards are so sassy. Okay, so um, <laughs> their cards do have personalities. They all have their own specific personalities, and that's why maybe you've noticed other readers have like a million decks with them because they also have this kind of energy. Like mine, the Imaginarium is just very playful, sassy. It's kind of like a drag queen. <laughs> Love it <laughs> a little bit, but. Uh, there are others that are a little bit more serious. So you go, you have the Rider White, the original deck, and it's like, yeah, it's straightforward answers, or it's very straight to the point. Whereas mm-hmm. there are others, of course, uh, that work on your shadow self, that work on your life, and it's a whole. Different thing. 
Has has there ever been a consult with a client that the card was sassy and you had to tone it down for them to understand it? Oh no, I am I am just as sassy as the cards. Oh really? <laughs> I love it. Yes. I mean it is my personality, but yeah. Well, it's okay to be brutally honest too. At least especially when you're consulting the cards though. I think I mean, I won't sugarcoat. I mean I'll I'll try to say it as nicely as possible, but also you will get the you will get the sass. <laughs> There you go. That is a disclaimer for those who are listening and who want to consult with CJ Francisco for all the monsters tuning in. He is a tower reader. He is a sigil artist. But he is a sassy one. No, but I mean, you know, I'm a nice, pleasant person. Yeah, no, but I mean it in like a good way though. Because like, you know, you need, sometimes you need those people in your lives to just really, you know, tell you what's up. Yeah. So, okay. So now I think it's time we can invite our monsters to post questions uh, on the comment section. We are live on Facebook, on Twitch, on YouTube. If you have a question, go ahead and send it over. Is there anything else that you would need from this particular person? Should they ask a question or is it just just the question itself? Just the question. Sure. And All right, I'll cool. answer as best as I can. All right, cool. So we will leave that open. Just go ahead and comment uh, the question that you want. And then later on, we will ask CJ to read the cards for you. And now we finally reach the part of HOT series of predictions, 2022 episodes, forecast for the year by renowned diviners. And these are the, this is the time that we ask our guest to give predictions. Well, at least in your sense, the energy of what uh, these particular topics will be like for this year. So first, mm-hmm. let's talk pandemic, buddy. Let's go. The present, the current. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what the energy is for our <laughs> pandemic situation. Oh, okay. So we've got the Page of Pentacles. So the energy of the Page of Pentacles is always very excited. It's very taking opportunities. It's making things happen. So I think right now, well, obviously, there is so much change that is going on. So I feel like there are people who are definitely, they're working so hard to make things happen, make things better. So the Page of Pentacles is just saying that they're at it. They're they're working on it. They're making it happen. They're they're doing their their best. Who who is they? Is they the universe? Is they? I know. I feel like they, they the page of pentacles is referring to are the health workers. Shout out to them. Frontliner. Shout out to them. They are doing their best. Their best. They deserve a shout out. So this one's for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um. Next, let's talk uh, economy. How is the economy going to be like for this year? The energy of the economy for this year. That would have made more sense in the Page of Pentacles, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the Six of Pentacles is usually career and business. But mm. let's see. So let's see what this is. Okay. So, okay. We've got the Ten of Pentacles in reverse. Usually the Ten of Pentacles upright, it's a very good sign. But in reverse, it's a little bit... Well, there might be a struggle, but long-term goals are still kind of... You're, you're working on it. Economy mm-hmm. might be struggling here. Kind of makes sense because it's on and off, on and off. But, mm-hmm. no, still work. <laughs> work, work, work. Let it yeah. 
So it's just really like, well, hopefully it's just for the short term and hopefully for just just this year. And once yeah. again, it's just the energy of it. The energy could energy. change. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so um, next, let's try and uh, see what the energy will be like. Will you be able to tell through the tarot um, businesses that will be favored this year? Let's try that. <laughs> All let's right. See what, I will help see. you interpret with my yeah, you know, yeah. novice skills. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a sec. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, the businesses that will actually feel better uh, will do well. This is the Six of Cups. The Six of Cups is always about giving back to people, finding that nostalgic um, presence, that feeling like you're home, you're feeling like you're safe. So businesses that have that maybe are allowing people to feel safe, secure, um, and happy. Those are the ones that are going to make that will flourish. <laughs> Maybe I, know, I guess in the me, sense of like the theme of the business could be like their vibe could be. that they're giving Maybe out. Like, well, that could, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Six of Cups is always about finding that sense of playfulness of like you're safe and you can just be who you are. So businesses that allow you to feel that, I think that's what will work out really well. Would it be possible if that could be about like entrepreneurs like taking on their passion, freelancers or people who work in corporate who decide to go freelance and just pursue the thing that they want? Is it a possibility that that's what it's talking about? It's a possibility, yeah. It could be like going back, like I said, like this me, I was jumping into this because I felt like this was my passion. This was me as a child. Mm-mm. So maybe that, if you start going back to how you were as a kid, what mm, were the okay. things that inspired you? As a kid, then that might what that's what might help flourish. Oh, all right. Well, how about for businesses that might be challenged? Let's try. Can we try that? Let's let's try. let's see what we do. Okay. The emperor. The emperor feels. The emperor is just a very strong and uh, masculine card. Very powerful. Very structured situation mm. so maybe those businesses that are oh maybe the businesses that are unwilling to be flexible with things mm. maybe the businesses that are super set in their ways that yeah. they're not going to allow room for you know wiggle room maybe right. because of the rigidity that might that might uh, cause some stress and struggle all right. So businesses that just are kind of, they don't like change, I guess, will be yeah. the ones that will be challenged. Got it. Yeah, and then, know. yeah. So let's, um, let's see. What about travel and tourism? What will the cards say? How, how are we feeling about this tarot? Well, okay. So we got the chariot. Uh, the chariot is all about movement <laughs> um, okay. but I feel with this card it's more of okay things are starting to move up things are starting to happen but it also feels a little bit limited which obviously hello <laughs> pandemic mm-hmm. but for me this is like if you look into the uh, the guy holding the stick mm-hmm. it's like okay we're, we're being led to a certain direction so I guess it kind of means yes travel and tourism is still gonna happen but it feels like we're being herded still like mm-hmm. we don't have as much freedom as we would want to, but it's, it's getting there slowly but surely. 
All right. Slowly but surely, we can travel again. Just still be safe. I think that's the yeah. <laughs> that's the main point. the whole And what about for showbiz for entertainment? Do you see uh, an an energy there with the tarot? What would it say, Gaya? Huh. Ha, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, like, I'm not super with the whole showbiz and entertainment, but let's see what's going on. Oh, okay. So we've got the Three of Swords. So maybe there's a little bit, a lot of heartbreak happening for show business. Oh, boy. Oh, maybe a lot of people break up. I don't know. But it, it feels a lot like maybe there are some unresolved issues that people are having that might be aired out. You know, who knows? But this is always not the most pleasant card to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the monsters who are tuned in, yes, you're tuned in to Heard on Thursdays. You got me, Nikki, as your host, and you have CJ Francisco with me, who is a tower reader, a sigil artist. And now I actually wanted to break it down to you. He did get the, what's this, Three of Swords? Was yes. it for showbiz? <laughs> so, uh, so look forward for All Out. <laughs> there might be news there who knows <laughs> later on in the future. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, uh, no, Rico Robles will break it to you. So, anyway, um, <laughs> finally, <laughs> anyway, can we, uh, okay. can I go in? Can I, can I naman consult the time? Of course, we want your message. Yes, well, mm, what is my question? Should I travel to Boracay for my birthday? <laughs> When's your birthday? It's in April. I'm an Aries. So I got the Eight of Wands. The Eight of Wands, okay, literally, if you look at the definition, could mean travel. So that seems like a yes. But okay. it's also about alignment. It's about what, okay, so in, in the world that we live in currently, I feel mm. as long as everything that you need is there, everything, all the requirements that you need, You've got it. As long as it's all aligned, everything makes sense, everything is, it will run smoothly. It seems like it's an okay possibility for you to go right. <laughs> all right. I'm going to open but, it you know, again. after this. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Just, <laughs> be, safe. be safe. Yes, of course. Of course. Well, okay. So we're, uh, we're done with the tower readings. And also for those questions, just keep them coming in later on in the show. We'll ask uh, CJ to consult with the tower once again. But now let's talk about your other title, being a sigil artist. So first and foremost, a lot of people have probably never heard of this word. I've heard of this in Supernatural, the TV show. So what is, what is a sigil? <laughs> All right. So a sigil is actually... Um, it's a magical tool that uses intention to manifest things into your life. So it's kind of like, okay, so that that's like the definition. It's man, it's a tool for manifestation. Now for me, how I do it is I love storytelling. I love visual art and I love, you know, the magical world. <laughs> so I'm kind of threading those three together those things together mixing it up and the sigils that I create are people's life stories they are their hopes and their dreams woven into this beautiful symbol that represents them personally Mm. so like every every sigil that I make 
is essentially this person. It is a reflection of their heart and their soul. And yeah, yes, it's it's more, uh, again, like I said, I, for tarot, I want people to feel empowered. And when people look into their own personal sigils, I want them to feel empowered to create the life that they want to have. Like example, uh, if their mantra is, I, I am love, I am abundant, I am free. So I create, I put those words, those ideas together and then make it into their story, put mm-hmm. it out there. And when they see it, that's what they remember. Like every time they have those moments where they're feeling like they're doubting themselves, they come to look at it and like, oh, yep, this is me. This is, this is what I, this is what I need to do. I'm going to do this. I'm okay. So it's kind of like a way for them to refocus like their identity when they look at this sigil. Yes, very much. So when you design a sigil for a person based on their life story, how Mm -hmm. then do they exhibit it? Or what are the popular or what are the ideal ways for sigils to be displayed? Hmm. Uh, Okay. Most of the people actually get it tattooed on themselves. And that's always a fun way to go. Um, it's there for you. It's there for you to see every time, uh, especially for people who just want to constantly be reminded that this is who they are. It's there. Like I've had a sigil that I've done that was for someone who always has anxiety, and I can super relate to that. And every time their sigil was based on releasing the anxiety. So every time that they get stressed about it, they have it. They just look at the sigil and they're like, "Okay, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm I'm centered again." Yeah. So there's that. Um, the other people who don't want to get it tattooed, they I've seen one. She made it into a pendant. She had it engraved in a pendant. Wow. So that was like, "Oh wow, that's so cute." I didn't that's know so you could cool. do that. Uh, there's another one who had it printed on and then just hung it in their in their bedroom. So they see it every time they wake up. Yeah. And this was the other. I know there was one more that was like, hey, I didn't know we can do that. But I can't remember because it was like a, a very one off thing. And I can't remember what it was. Those are the usual. It's a tattoo, it's printed, or it is uh, engraved. Mm. Well, so, okay. So let's say that somebody goes through um, people's tattoos or the, the catalog of sigils and they yeah. see something they see one that they want as their own like they relate to it they see the, the beauty yeah. they see the energy of it are they allowed to get a similar one or you know or is that like against the rule of like sigil making or something well okay um, I'll start off first with yes there have been so many people who have really resonated with certain sigils that were commissioned by someone else that they actually get it tattooed on themselves. Which, to a point, I'm like, I'm a bit flattered that you decided to get something and like that I made and I like it enough to be permanently put on your body. But also, <laughs> this is someone else's life story. This was someone's, this was someone being vulnerable enough to share this part of themselves with me and to share it with the world. So kind of taking it just feels a little bit wrong which is why I don't encourage people to like get just get it from the internet because they don't know the full extent of the story because what I put there is just like the tip of the iceberg but it goes right. so much deeper so when they do see something similar they, they can tell me like oh 
I want to commission a sigil for myself. This is my story. This is my personal mantra. This is, uh, these are my zodiac symbols. These are the things I want to incorporate. But I also want it to kind of look like this sigil. I'm okay with that. As long as you don't like rip out someone else's life story. Right. On yourself. And so, yeah. And when you design a sigil for a person, so you mentioned like, you need zodiac signs. You need a mantra. Um, you need their life story. But what exact? What other kind of information are you looking for to design a sigil that is uniquely one person? Yes. So I start. I always start off with their personal mantra. And if they don't have one, the the questions, the existential questions that I ask them, uh, help me create one for them. So the questions that I ask are like, um, what is it that you want in the world? And that's kind of like the main focus. It's, okay, so the intent for creating this sigil is going to mostly be based off what you want. So from there, I ask, okay, so if this is what you want, what do you share to the world? And that's kind of thinking about you being more than just yourself. It's how you relate with other people. And what I've noticed beautifully is that what people want to bring into the world or share with the world it's always mm-hmm. kindness love it's always positivity which is so beautiful because you know sometimes you get a bit jaded with how some people are and you think okay this is this is the world we live in but then these people just show me no there are still so much light and loving souls in the world yeah and then so yeah after that I asked them Maybe, uh, maybe there are. Uh, what are the values that they relate with? So I have like a whole list of values, oh and then maybe I ask. I, what was that other question? <laughs> Sorry, I've been doing this so long. But <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's it, no. You're on the right track. I was asking like, what information would you need if you? Uh, well, you're when you're asking a life story so that you can design a sigil for someone. So you mentioned yeah. the values, you mentioned the what they want to bring out into the world. But when it comes to life story, like how deep do you want them to go? Like, do you want them to talk about, you know, trauma? Do you want them to talk about the happy memories? What is it? <laughs> um, actually, with their life story, they can just share whatever they feel comfortable with. And the more open they are about um, their life, the more I get to understand them a little bit more. And the more I get to understand their answers like there have been clients who actually shared a bit of their trauma and I actually sometimes catch myself actually crying like I need a moment I'm like oh my god this is so heavy but like it's so beautiful that they're sharing with me yeah and uh, because they are sharing this part of themselves it helps really hone in on what I find is important to them and then that's when I start using my intuition that's when I'm like okay Let's let's create this. What are the visuals that come into mind? Um, sometimes they, they also do provide symbols that they want. Like maybe some of them are a nurse, so they kind of want that uh, nursing symbol, or are they they are in love with uh, being curious? So there's there's an eye or a magnifying glass. So these are sort of symbolisms that pop up, and the zodiacs are also some. You know, it's it's not necessarily there, but sometimes I try to hide it incorporate it because you know it, it just makes it feel a little bit more personal to them yeah yeah like because you know there um there's that whole birth chart where you have your son yes. your moon, your 
sacrificing just that whole during mm-hmm. that whole thing and so it really feels like okay this is me because I how many people in the world will have Libra sun Scorpio rising or whatever like mm. see the shape of oh this is an s this is a b this kind of looks like a b so mm-hmm. uh, let me just, just let me whip out my book <laughs> so there is beautiful representation <laughs> wait okay so let's see if this is okay you know what actually maybe not because that's very personal um, oh no <laughs> my own um okay here so these are mine. <laughs> so I have my own sigils for myself. So I'm not sure if, where am I. So if you can see that there is a lot of crossing out and a lot of squiggling and doodling stuff. <laughs> but that that basically is trying to make sense of that statement, putting all those letters into that sigil so that it feels like okay, these are all the letters and it gets implant it gets inception into your brain. <laughs> So you have that feeling of okay, I'm empowered, and things work, and things happen. And then, how long does it take for you to finish a sigil, like from ideation, from talking to the client, to sending it to the client? So uh, around, well, it depends because now it takes about like the actual working on it is about two three hours per sigil. But which and my turnaround time right now I think is 28 days mm, because okay. it's, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of soul. And it's actually 
it's actually kind of draining at times because it's also energy work. It is also mm-hmm. a little bit more on the magical side, and it's yeah. using my intuition. So it's it it does go hand in hand with the tarot because it sometimes I also pull out the card. I'm like, I need help, and then it's like, okay, maybe <laughs> use this symbol. <laughs> All right. So there's also tarot work to be done when you uh, when you design sigils as well. Now I also wanna. I love how you say turnaround time because you really know that you worked at an ad agency. <laughs> <laughs> I, and now I wanna ask you. That's sort of ad related as well. Do you usually um, do you accept builds from clients? <laughs> as a <laughs> revision. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually at one point I had I had a coaching session with one of my friends and I was telling her how I feel like the trauma from my advertising agency is making me resist change it's making me resist um, allowing revisions and then she goes maybe it's the word because you said it because for me I'm okay with making the sigil really feel personalized to them mm. like if it doesn't really fit for them I really want to make them feel happy that mm-hmm. they are getting something that they feel is personal but I whenever I hear the word revision the alarm bell said the trauma the trauma is still <laughs> there. Trauma there it's still there no. oh, oh god but um but what she suggested is why don't you change the word why don't you make it into something that feels better for you that you won't close up the moment you hear they want to change mm-hmm. so I, I change it to refinement which the moment I said okay you have one round of refinement of consolidated refinements Mm-mm. that sounds so much lighter to me than you have one Girl. round of consolidated revisions <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have to ask yourself what time do I need to send this <laughs> like, yeah. But with the refinements, it also does feel like a collaboration. And that's what I love about being an artist is that you can, that it's not, um, you are not brand specific. There is not a whole brand book that you need to follow. Right. You're right. not a person. And this person wants something that I'm able to create. So we're, we're collaborating. We're weaving their story together. And what's actually so beautiful is that after me, there is still the tattoo artist. And the tattoo artist, I always encourage my clients that if they want their sigil colored, by all means, have the tattoo artist do their thing because they will give their own input and they will work their magic and make it feel like, oh, this is really them. And it's now a collaboration between me, my client, and the tattoo artist. So you've got three different energies working together to create this beautiful personalized symbol. And now you've just convinced me that I think I need a tattoo. Thank yes, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, well uh, for so for for sigil design for you, it's like again, it is a culmination of three things that you absolutely love. But it also so it adds it it includes magic. Now, yes. magic is for us. I didn't even know. Actually, I didn't even know there were two kinds of magic. So one is that it it ends with a C. The whole magic that you refer to actually ends with a C K. Now I'm very curious, like what is the difference between these two? Okay, um, 
personally, uh, the, with the, the magic with the sea, it feels a little bit more <laughs> children's party. It's the more, um, <laughs> it's the common perception of witchcraft, of Harry Potter, of Mm-mm. Lord of the Rings, of these things, which is okay, but it also feels very playtime. Um, when you put the CK for me personally, it feels more um, deeply rooted, deeply connected into spirituality. Not to say that it's more, um, well, I know, sorry, it is on a deeper level than with the C. Because there's a different kind of understanding that goes with it. And it's not, it's more of the energy work that goes into it. And I think it's really just defining what you do so you're not party trick. <laughs> you're not a party trick. You are not right. that type of person. You are more on the this is serious stuff. This is we're not <laughs> we're not we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we're passionate about this. Passionate about Magic this. with a CK. Okay. Right. <laughs> so okay, so tarot reading, sigil, uh, artistry, you uh, you flourished in in Shargao. So what was it about Shargao though that attracted you? I know there were a lot of people who I know like were interested, at least visiting. Some stayed for longer. But what was it for you that made you want to stay there for an extended period of time? So I went there in I went there the first time 2015. I was with like my friends. The moment I landed there, I had knew nothing about it. I absolutely fell in love with the place because it was beautiful but I fell in love with the people I fell in love with how people were so open and at that time I randomly met this girl who was like oh I quit my job in Manila left it hated my life there went here working here and I'm living my best life and at this time I was working at an ad agency (laughs) and my life was traumatic so I don't don't tell me don't tell me these things because I will jump ship and I will go here and that's kind of what triggered everything I kept messaging her uh, weeks later uh, when I got home like I think I want to move there I really do and then a year later it's like okay I quit my job there and then I did two months in Shargao by myself solo trip and then things started feeling right because I started to see the the heart and the soul of the island is really the people Mm-hmm. And then come 2019, um, so me and my partner, I actually convinced him he's never been, he's never been to Shargao, but I'm like, you are going to love it. And then <laughs> I, I pulled him along and then we we got to Shargao, we actually got married in Shargao. Uh, the the person who, who uh, officiated our little ceremony was... Rob, the guy who taught me tarot. <laughs> oh, so, wow. little ceremony. And then from there, we were just building our life there. And then everything just started falling into place. They all started making more sense. Mm-mm. And the island, the people, because everyone is just so open-hearted. The community, you feel the love of the community. You feel like it's such a small place that you recognize everyone. You know them. You know their personalities. You have fun mm-hmm. with them. But more than the fun, you will meet people who are just so open-hearted, who are willing to share their life stories. And this was even before, like having a tarot session. They're just gonna, they're just open and open to life. And then wow. the 
the community that is there is just so welcoming. Which is like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when that oh, that happened, it just killed me. Like, oh lord. Yeah. <laughs> but, Were you but, there? So you weren't there when that happened, but I know that you did make an effort to try and help out. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So I was in Iloilo when it happened. Um, uh, we did get hit a bit, uh, but not obviously not as much as Shagao as all the surrounding areas. But I also did lose power f- and uh, for four days, electricity was gone, signal was gone. So I was there crying my eyes out with, from the stress because I had no idea of, about any updates from my friends and family who were on the island. Mm. And I had no idea how I could contact the people in Manila. I think signal's gone. Like, there would be a brief window of like maybe an hour at midnight when it would be like, okay, all the messages are coming in. Like, okay, uh, uh, update, and then okay, no more signal. So it was stressful, and I felt helpless. I felt like I want to be able to help, but I can't. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. So the moment the power came back, I decided, you know what? Shargao helped me with my tarot. It helped me get this off the ground and may, uh, provide for me. So now it's my turn to use the tarot to help the island rebuild. So during the time, I offered uh, donation basis one card readings. Mm-mm. And it was 150 pesos minimum at the time. And it was a single card. Mm-mm. And the amount of support that I got was overwhelming like some people were giving 150 others were 500 I had one who gave 3,000 for a single card and I'm like and this is all because they wanted to help people wanted to help donate to the island to to the people who needed relief efforts Mm -mm. and then there I sent it to local lab and I know them they they are very trusted in the community already they've been doing work for uh, usually they were up north and they were really helping, which was amazing. So I did two rounds of that. The first one went to local lab. The second one went to Vedya Shergao. And Vedya was also one of my homes. I lived there, me and my partner lived there for about two months, three months, a while. <laughs> we were there for a while um, towards the latter part. Um, it was actually one of the structures that stayed um, upright because it was mostly cement. Oh. And oh, it became... Wow it became a safe house for a lot of people. And then they were also, they're also occurring there, yeah. So they were also providing food for people because they were able to help. So most of my donations went there for the second round. But for me, I was exhausted from the readings. Like I just felt the pressure. Because for me, um, before that, I stopped reading for a good seven months like I did not touch the cards I no, did not <laughs> wow. do any readings because I felt like I, I I don't know I just felt disconnected from it and mm. I was focusing on the sigils but I also couldn't feel like the cards were meant to be read but then I kept asking the universe for a sign and then a few weeks before that I kept getting signs of like people were inquiring more and more people were inquiring from the island <laughs> People from the island were still messaging me like, hey, I, I need a reading. I'm like, oh, I'm not in the island anymore. <laughs> but I can refer you to my friend. So I was <laughs> thinking that as a sign that 
maybe I need to come back to the news. And then the moment Odette happened, oh, yep, oh, that that's a sign. That's a sign where I need to get up and start working on the readings again to help mm-hmm. the island. And now I found that a more sustainable way for me to continuously help without feeling too drained is to give a percentage of my earnings from the tower readings to Shergao. So 10% of my readings now, they will go to Vedya Shergao to help with their relief efforts. Wow. So it's <laughs> and it's sustainable. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's also, wouldn't there be energy also that you receive because of you giving back? Like, Always. yeah. So it's just a really amazing thing that you're doing. I mean, like, however small, it's still such a really great impact. So that's so awesome, CJ. Yeah. I know. Um, well, we're already at the end of our interview, and we've covered so much. And thank you so much for like just entertaining all of the questions. Thank now, for you. those for those who are interested in tarot reading, wanting to be a tarot reader. Do you have any tips that you want to provide to them uh, before they start out? Or a particular place, same place where you probably learned uh, your tarot reading? Go ahead. Yeah, um, Mysterium Philippines, they are amazing. They, It's a very good community. It's also a really good place to learn. Because you will learn how to really read the cards, conduct yourself professionally. And, you know, it's always nice to have other people that you can practice on who are kind of on the same boat. That helps. <laughs> but if you are also more on the, I will learn this by myself, I will trust my skills and abilities, that's also perfectly fine. The one thing I think you need to remember at all times, whether it's learning from other people or learning by yourself, is to not doubt yourself. No doubts. Just trust yourself 100%. Everything will be fine. Usually it's when you start second-guessing, that's when your readings will be like, I think yes, but also uh, <laughs> we start holding back. And when, when it can be a no, <laughs> when you're filtering, that's when things get a bit rough. Mm. But when you are just okay, I trust my intuition. I'm gonna say the first thing that comes into my mind. Go, and that's what actually help, makes it easier. All right, and, and those and those are the tips for those who are interested in tarot reading. Now, finally. How, for the monsters who are tuned in or watching live through Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, how can they get a reading from you and also probably help, you know, the efforts in Shargo? And uh, how can they consult with you for, you know, designing a sigil for them as well? Okay, so I have two separate accounts for that because we need to organize. (laughs) (laughs) For the tarot, for tarot readings, you can book at Imaginarium Tarot on Instagram and Facebook. And then for the sigils, it is cjfrancisco.designs on Instagram and Facebook. All right, there we go. Thank you so much, CJ. Also, uh, some people want to say hi to you in the comments section. Uh, we have a com- we have a mutual friend, Kalel Gusingtian. He says hi. Oh. He said hello, you Sir your CJ. <laughs> <laughs> Sir CJ and Mom Niki Dao. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, also, Mom L would like uh, to say hi to you. Uh, Timothy would like to say hi. You have a. Christine Schroff, who she also... Was, 
She was the one who told me. No, she was no. Yes, but she was. She was the one who told me to change revisions to refinements. Oh, she's the coach who helped me process (laughs) my trauma. (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh, I love the support that you're getting here. Um, Merle says hi. Tecandano. You also have uh, Dave De Castro. So. You have so much love right here. Oh. And I'm just really glad that you had the time to spend with me to just talk about sigils and tarot readings and do your energy readings for this year. So thank you so much, CJ. I really hope that you just continue with the success and the good and great positive energy that you have and bring out to the world. So Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure, Radio One. It's fun. We'll, we'll talk your notes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I've done something wrong. I'm just kidding. After but, helping this not being on air. No, you did awesome. You did awesome. Thank so you. thank you so much. Thank you to all of the monsters who have tuned in uh, on air, live through Facebook, Instagram, not Instagram, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in and keep it locked only here on The Monster. Bye, guys! See ya! The views expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of the station or its men. The Monster. Heard on Thursdays. Heard on Thursdays. The show that made Philippine FM Radio Talk. Winner of multiple KBP Golden Dove Awards. Only on Manila's hottest, Monster RX 93.1.